0: Welcome to The Caption Life, a podcast about comics and pop culture for the most dedicated and casual fans. I am your co-host and TV slash film reviewer, Sean. Before we get started with this episode, please hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And follow us on social media under the username at Caption Life. You can also find out more information and past episodes on our website, thecaptionlife.com. In this bonus episode, we are discussing the latest Disney Plus show from Marvel Studios, Miss Marvel. But before we get started with our review, we do have an awesome guest with us today that'll be adding their thoughts and insights about the series, and that is Maria Ochter. Maria is a medical student who is deeply invested in all the fandoms, a film enthusiast, and television is her whole personality. She started TikToking because her friends and family were tired of hearing all of her overanalyzing, so she just started content creating this year. Uh, She loves theorizing and breaking down all the TV She watches, especially sitcoms and dissecting comparing fandoms Has been a passion project of hers And getting into the MCU TV series combines both topics that bring her joy On TikTok, she goes by the handle, call me by this name, Maria All one word, welcome to the show, Maria Thank you for coming on
1: And thank you for having me. Thank you for reading that very lengthy
0: introduction, too. No, that's this great. And and I have to say that, you know, we connected on TikTok actually, which I think your mile is fitting because that's how we were able to connect. And I got to say, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring on the show is because your TikTok videos are really great and that they're very insightful. I love your perspective that you bring, especially to this show, um, Miss Marvel, but your videos are also just really hilarious and funny. I think one of my First videos I remember just la- laughing out loud of yours was something about like you used the sound about like looking up, um, like doing a Google search, like looking up like pictures of someone's butt or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I,
1: I uploaded that on that sound myself. So yeah. That oh, was nice. Me. Yeah. Oh, yep. man, it was hilarious. It yeah. was great. Yeah.
0: I love yeah. that. So, but yeah, yeah. so, um, so t- I know I, I read your bio a little bit, but tell us a little bit more about, um, I guess what kind of got you into maybe a specifically the MCU fandom like was there a a movie or experience that you had that got you into the fandom to begin with and and where has that kind of led you to where you're at now
1: um yeah actually um thank you for you asked in such a great way because I wasn't a Marvel fan growing up I loved the X-Men original 90s show growing up but I was more of a DC person I read the DC comics Mm -hmm. so um the MCU is really my introduction to Marvel and Mm -hmm. It was from Iron Man One. So okay. I wasn't like I liked I loved the X Men, but before that I had no interest in Marvel. But then mm-hmm. following the, the MC with through phase one through four um well now through four for like what fifteen years I think and just like growing learning about these characters mm-hmm. is my first introduction. So I've never read a comic book. I wanna read Miss Marvel. I wanted mm-hmm. to like watch the show by itself and like um consume it as its own medium before right. I get into it. But, um, right. yeah, it, it's literally the MCU and just like following along. Cause I think I, as every movie came out, I used to watch it. So it, like I grew up with it really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and I gotta say, um, with Miss Marvel, the comic book, um, whenever you get a chance to read it, it is fantastic. It's actually one of my mm-hmm. favorite series I've read. And I, I just came across, it I think a few years ago, but I remember just absolutely loving reading the stories. One of the few that I on Marvel unlimited that after I, finish that issue I was like I gotta be the next one like it's really really good um, but I agree with you I think you know treating the MCU as kind of like its own universe is definitely how we want to approach it because I think a lot of people are expecting um, there's a lot of um, things in the comics that they want to see on the screen which mm-hmm. a lot of it makes sense it's sometimes it doesn't I think you know it's if we see it as this is a different interpretation of the characters that we come and love just like how they have you know all these different kind of comics universe already I think that kind of you know helps um, you know, kind of frame it so that way you can enjoy it without feeling you know disappointed necessarily if you're expecting mm-hmm. like a direct you know panel to screen adaptation as well too. So um so yeah, I agree with you in that aspect that you know looking at it as its own universe is a really great way to do that. So
1: yeah, I agree. and like I looked up a lot of stuff about Miss Marvel because I wanted to read the comic books, Louis Valley. I'm just very overwhelmed and intimidated by the idea of reading comic books because I don't know where to start. So I've right. researched enough, I've like looked up stories. So but I I just I wanted to make sure I enjoyed because I know that the MCU does kind of change and do its own thing. So I just didn't want it to like I wanted to keep the MCU experience up before I got into the comic book side of it basically.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Miss Marvel then. Uh, here's a description of the show from Disney+, Plus, which I have to say is a little bit interesting because when I looked this up, this is actually sounds a little bit different than what we got now that the series, or at least the first season, is over. Um, but let me go ahead and read the description, who's in it, um, and then we can dive right into it. So the description says, Kamala Khan, a Muslim American teenager growing up in Jersey City, is an avid gamer and voracious fan fiction scribe. Kamala is a superhero mega fan with an oversized imagination, particularly when it comes to Captain Marvel. Yeah, Kamala feels like she doesn't fit in at school and sometimes even at home. That is until she gets superpowers like the heroes she's always looked up to. Life gets better with superpowers, right? The series is written by, uh, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing these names incorrectly. I uh, I meant to look up these names ahead of time, but I've been dealing with COVID and haven't had a whole lot of time to be able to get caught up. So I'm going to try to pronounce these names as best as I can, but I apologize. Um, the series is written by uh, Bisha K. Ali, and it stars Yaman Valani as Kamala Khan, Matt Lintz as Bruno, Zenobia Shroff as Maniba, uh, Yasmi Fletcher as Nak- uh, Nakia. Uh, Rishah as Kamran and uh, Nimra Buka as Naj- Najma. I think I say that pronounce. I think I say that correctly. I apologize if I butcher that really bad. I'm I'm I feel really bad. So
1: no, you did pretty well for all of it. Um,
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a mouthful. They had a huge new cast, so. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's oh, a very yeah. interesting description, though. It's different. You're right.
0: Yeah, well, especially the part about the gamer threw me off a little bit because, oh, yeah. cause I don't think we saw her like gaming a whole lot. So that part I thought was really strange that um, they had that in the description. Not that you know she wouldn't be a gamer at all whatsoever. We just didn't see that in the show. So
1: I guess she like talked about it in her podcast in the first episode. Yeah, it's like she says, yeah, you know, with the theory with Thor, but I, they definitely didn't get a chance to like into into it. Into it
0: right exactly well yes. and, it, and it says she's like the a fan fiction scribe which we definitely saw mm-hmm. that as well too um but just like you said with the podcast like i think we got a little sense that you know she does game and everything um so yeah so i just thought it was interesting that was like you know the the key words that they're putting in there for the description so yeah um uh. I mean,
1: the show was doing a lot though i've i keep bringing that up that like i can't get over how much the show tackled in six episodes so like mm-hmm. um I don't blame them for not getting in like a good like, video game session in. Oh yeah, um, yeah.
0: yeah, definitely. I do oh, remember
1: it. Bruno playing video games once when they were doing the fighting montage, and like he yes. was doing something, and that's how she got the power idea of like doing like the stepping stones. So
0: yeah, he was yeah. playing like a game on his phone or something like that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, so there's definitely elements of that in there, so good. Uh, Well, just like all of our bonus episodes, there's going to be spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet, plus the pause button now, go watch it, and then come back. So let's go ahead and jump right into the review now. For our listeners who have heard the reviews uh, episodes that we've done before, we're going to take a little bit of different approach. Uh, The previous structure um, I liked because we had um, some specific things that we wanted to touch on. The reality of it is is that it just took way too long. For example, our last episode that we did was a really great conversation, but it was an hour and a half and I'm the person that's on the show. And even I'm like, I don't want to listen to me talk for like an hour and a half about something. So we're going to change things up a little bit. Um, so before we met, Maria and I had talked about like some of our top things we want to discuss for the show. So it may not be covering everything in the show that you might want to hear. Um, but these are like the top five or six things that we thought were really important that we really are passionate about that we want to talk about. So um, here is the key. Here are the key moments that we picked for uh, today's episode. So we're going to discuss generally what our overall thoughts are about the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Kamala's identity, uh, the story development overall in the show, Uh, Bruno, because he's a really interesting character um, for a number of reasons, Uh, Kamala's relationship with her family, and then finally, the power origin change in the finale ending of the show as well. So let's go ahead and start with our overall thoughts. And Maria, I want to kick it back over to you because uh, one, you're our guest, but two, uh, you have a lot of really insightful things to say about the show. Uh, Particularly, I remember in in a lot of your TikTok videos, you talk about how you saw yourself in Kamala a lot because just like Kamala... uh, I believe you said you are. um, And correct me if I'm wrong, um, but uh, you grew up Muslim. Your parents are immigrants, and uh, and are you from Pakistani as well too, or Pakistan as well too?
1: Yeah, I'm a Pakistani. I'm literally exactly like um, (laughs) some some Pakistani Muslim. I was born in Pakistan, but like moved here when I was like two years old, and was Mm -hmm. raised by immigrant parents. I live in like like an hour away from Jersey, so like I grew up in that area. Oh wow! Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, very
1: (laughs) much exactly like her. Literally, her exact identity. So, right. You could say I related to the show a little, a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, so, um, so yes yeah, so, and um, what are your overall thoughts about the show, especially with you know seeing yourself in Kamala and, and everything like that? I just want to get your perspective on your thought about the show overall. Um, you know, from from all those uh, perspectives and everything.
1: I mean, overall, I loved it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't get over. I haven't been able to talk about how much I loved it recently because I'm like, still like kind of reeling over it and thinking about it and like just still thinking about things. I was actually just thinking about Bruno before um, this recording. So I'm kind of excited to talk about him, Mm -hmm. but it was just, it was so good. Um, They took on a lot and they did a lot and they put in a lot of effort. I did have some comment, like critiques and worried about certain choices, but overall Mm -hmm. it was just so, so, so good with, I just can't get over how much they did and I just, I can't believe they like were able to like seamlessly make it work so well in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many good things about it. Cause it's like a, it's representation for her immigrant, um, uh, you know, identity and that is seen with her relationship with her father and like her brother and like just, you know, the environment around her. Then there's like this deeper relationship with her mother and that goes like back to their roots and like the whole Pakistani history. And like, that is a lot that they took on and, a huge, I'm sure you've seen my videos about that, like the fact that they made that a choice was very, um, it, it was huge for like the MCU to be like, yeah, we're going to like make sure we talk about history and address it so we can talk about these things and create a platform for that. And then on top of that, they had a damage control storyline to like, with the Muslim representation. So like the fact that they were able to, I still can get over how they like made three different identities so work so seamlessly together that they look, seem like one, but they were all because of different parts of her. And mm-hmm. it just made her such a great character. Like, I just love how instead of having like a, there was a villain, but it was more like her finding herself and working on relationships that made, it, it was such a satisfying story, and it really stuck landing. And I love Iman. I think she was amazing. Like, I cannot get over the fact that she, this is her first role. <laughs> right,
0: This is the first yeah. time
1: she's acted. She did so well. She did such a good job with her acting, so...
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And Marvel has been doing that for a, a lot of their shows and projects lately, like um, the one, Alakwa Cox, that plays uh, Maya Lopez in the Hawkeye series. That was her first project as well, oh, too. I didn't
1: know that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. So That's I think exciting. they. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do. Is they're trying, and I know there's somebody else out there as well, too, but I can't remember who it is. But um, I think they're trying to bring in uh, people who are new um, to the scene for whatever reason. But I think it's working well because, just like we said with Iman, she just emulated Kamala so much with how the character is that it's kind of like how people think of Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man. Yeah, like when you think of I Iron Man, yeah. Yeah, Iman is just like that. And, and like Tom Holland being Peter Parker. I think mine, mm-hmm. you know, is fitting right in, and and I agree. I think the show overall um for me was fantastic because it's very different from all the other shows that we have. Um I love the graphic animations that they put in there as part of the storytelling, because I think it does a lot of fantastic things of connecting it as a comic book show, but also um just has a lot of meaning and, and depth behind that. But just like what you said, what I really enjoy about this show is that this is one of the first times that we can see um some real world, um, examples of what communities face and what they, um, you know, are interacting with that brings on a wider spectrum. So the fact that, you know, we get that history lesson of learning what the partition is, um, but also, you know, I think this is the first time that we see religion, you know, being played as an integral part of an Mm -hmm. identity in the MCU. Now you could argue like, you know, daredevil because he's Catholic. Yes. But, you know, he wasn't part of the MCU yet. And there's a lot of, you know, discussions about that and everything. Um, And then I'm not even going to get into Moon. I know some people have said like, you know, that touches as well too, but I'm not going to get into that, but um, Mm -hmm. this definitely dives into the religious aspect of a character's identity and what that means and being able to have some of those conversations. I think it's a really uh, great strategy and, a great story to tell that is not just you know superhero that's just a separate world, but also we can see what people are experiencing in the real world, whether they're a superhero or not. And so I really love this show for a lot of those reasons. Um, but you know those are the biggest ones I have. So
1: awesome. and going off that because um you know because I love TV, this is also the first time we probably had positive representation when it comes to religion. So mm-hmm. it's like a huge moment in history with Western media that the MC yes. did this. So it's yes. like, it's great to see it. And then to do it well compared to like other times it's not been done well. It was amazing. So they yes, made, they made some strides with this one.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, with the Marvel Universe and everything, they have all these mythologies, but they also have real world religions that plays mm-hmm. an integral part in a lot of people's stories and everything. And it's interesting that for the MCU, this is the first time that we actually get a strong focus of religion. Um, and and this is the first time in like in the superhero genre that I can see or recall from the media that we have a Muslim superhero as well, too. And mm-hmm. so. So this is yeah. So this is just a fantastic show all around for that. So so going along those lines, let's go ahead and dive into our next point, which was talking to a little bit about Kamala's identity as an immigrant and, and as a Pakistani and as a Muslim. Um, let's dive a little bit more into that and want to get your perspective on what that has um, meant for you um, personally, but also um, how you kind of see this being you know um, something that is really unique and that is really important. for for us to have in MCU, um, you know, how that kind of portrays in the show as well too, like all those different pieces of her identity.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so it's definitely a coming of age story, right? Um, mm-hmm.
0: And
1: it's done, it's um, very done really well. And I, I love how the immigrant um, assimilation, finding herself, and then also learning to like appreciate who she is um, as an immigrant or a child of immigrants um, is part of it. Because I know the, well, I know we're talking about the original um, power set later. Because like that, but that is part of the um, her origin story is very heavy on learning to accept herself and as she is because of mm-hmm. her powers. And it, it, that storyline spoke to me deeply. So um, they were still able to do that, but then like invent some. So they had the whole immigrant um, learning to them to accept themselves, and they did it very subtle way. It was more like. Before she would like hide it or not like want to talk about it, it's not like she was rejecting it, but mm-hmm. she was just like not like bringing it up. And then by the end of it, she's wearing like a whole, um, Pakistani alpha, which is a as her costume. So like she, there's a lot of growth and acceptance. And that's beautiful because like the assimilation experience is a deep one. And it's one of those ones that like I'm still probably working through. And I think I mm-hmm. probably had a breakthrough because I was watching Miss Marvel. So right. that was like, um, it's been, you know it's made for teenagers, but at the same time, like here I am as thirty year old, like connecting <laughs> to it on a deep level. Oh yeah. Um, so that so that worked really well for like the coming of age story, and same with the Pakistani story, the, ba- the Pakistani side with the history and the partition and how it like also worked with the it, with family is just that's how it exists in real life. Like our Pakistani identity is. Has a really sad start, right? Because of mm-hmm. the way you saw it. And so we have been holding on to that. Our families have been holding on to that, grandparents, parents, and it just comes with the identity. And they decided to address it. And it was huge of them to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they all did it because this was the moment that they could ever talk about this. So mm-hmm. they just went for it because that was a choice that they made. And I, I really appreciate the fact that they made a choice. And in general, with every episode, they made sure to have some aspect of her identity and representation as like a back, like a set back setting on top of like the plot that was going on. Like the second episode had Eid, the third episode had a whole Muslim wedding. for them mm-hmm. episode, they're in Pakistan, Karachi. Then they had a partition episode. Then they had the whole damage control storyline. So they like made an active effort for representation, to show her identity, to have this coming story, to tell history, to like set up this patriarchy system, to like help her with her development. It, it just worked really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the damage control part and how they were the villain was worrisome, but I really liked how it ended up being in the finale. So I can say more about damage control later, but it, all the <laughs> elements did separate things, but they were really important and like very beautifully done. And it's very much how it is being a Pakistani Muslim girl growing mm-hmm. up in America with immigrant parents. So like they like nailed it with the experience. And the fact that it's a superhero and it's in the MCU is just it's very cool to see how they use all the parts of her to be a superhero. So mm-hmm. it's very like accepting, it's very like validating and it just it kinda makes you it it's really just made me feel like I've more connected and like I don't know, one with myself because of the show.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I, agree. and that's, I, I love how you put in perspective that every episode was framed around a cultural, religious event that was happening that, um, not only is a big part of her, you know, Culture and her identity, but it also kind of helped develop um, her, you know, just like we said, her sense of acceptance and identity as well, too. Because, you know, at the very first episode, you saw how she, you know, doesn't feel like she fits in in a lot of places with school because of her guidance counselor and, and you know, some struggles with her family her parents, you know, because she, definitely wants to make sure that she makes her parents happy. Um, but she's also wants to be her. She's just not quite sure like how that fits. And, and especially in that first episode, I remember really meaningful is when she was, um, you know, trying on her Captain Marvel outfit and I was giving her some confidence. And then very quickly you saw that confidence go away. And there's just mm-hmm. a lot of layers that went into, you know, why she's not confident and things like that. And then just, as you said, like each episode, there's some sort of cultural or um, religious event that was being framed around that. But helps with Kamal's identity. Um, you know, for example, in the wedding, she overhears her uh, her father talking to her brother about how, as long as you pick family, you're never alone. Mm -hmm. And she really internalizes that. Like there are every moments. Yeah, exactly. So there's always those moments that it's really helps her get to, you know, accepting who she is and even her, you know, mother accepts her, who she is, which, you know, we, we can talk about that a little bit later, but I will say that it, it does seem like the mother did a, like a 180 flip in the middle of the series <laughs> i can explain
1: it i promise okay. you it makes sense to me like it's, <laughs> okay it's like it's the nuances like you said like it, a lot of the right. scenes i know i've talked about i think i had the um i know the scene with her trying on the captain marvel outfit and her parents mm-hmm. come in with the sheet um the battle hulk and short hulk outfit with her father all dressed up in green um yeah. it, it has so many layers to it and so many like nuances and things that we like had, could break down so it's just there's a lot um that they were able to do well but unless you're like you know living it and are like you know girl that has a mother like that it would be very hard to understand it fully mm-hmm. but it makes sense and this is actually how they kind of are like it was very true to the nature of south asian mothers i can tell you that Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And it comes from love. I promise you it just come from love. It's just, you know, complicated.
0: Right. Yeah. So so if I'm hearing it correctly, like it, it's not uncommon for for um for um like your mother to have like a very strong feeling about something and then something happens and then she just completely does 180. Okay, gotcha. That's really it's interesting.
1: Like, yeah, it's more like the lack of understanding. And okay. so so um not to get too psycho like psychological about this, but there is a lot of baggage with parenting, right? Because of the whole mm-hmm. history, but then there's also, you know, immigrants and like adjusting to the conditions of living here and surviving has kind of skewed the way they parent because mm-hmm. their responses are more survival and being safe because they had to go through so much and they just don't want us to go through that. Mm-hmm. So they're scared. They, they're, they're um And like, I leave your parents so you can attest to this that like whenever parents are scared, they kind of react in a like aggressive way. So mm-hmm. that's why they'll be very um, dismissive of something or like downright like against it, because they're scared that it could lead to something. And right, you know, they're still adjusting to the country so they don't understand it. So mm-hmm. it's just communication of understanding what it is, feeling involved with it, and then like working on their own ide- like understanding that like, you know, not everything is going to be bad living here that our mm-hmm. kids are going to have a better life and they, they are having a better life. Like they're still living in their mentality. Of, we don't know if it's safe yet. So right. it's half that half understanding. And then the kids are also like not understanding the fact that like our parents are like, you know, really scared all the time and they just mm-hmm. want to live their best life. Like the mom just wants to be Captain Marvel and like hanging out with a <laughs> bunch of like fan um, people that love the Avengers. And she doesn't want right. to explain that to her parents. So like, it's just, it's a lot to like for both generations to like put together so that's why it's like a 180 because there was this huge disconnect Mm -hmm. and then by talking they were able to figure it out and like i'm also someone who loves fandoms and superheroes and is a tiktoker and (laughs) you know my mom does not get it so like it's definitely a very relatable experience
0: Definitely. Yeah. No, that, no, that makes a lot of sense. And and I appreciate your insight on that because, uh, just like you said, I, I'm actually a parent myself. And when you said, you know, when you're, you know, scared of something, kind of act harshly, like that happens with, with my kid as well as too, is like, if he, you know, does something or anything like that, and I'm worried that he's going to get hurt or something like that, like that's the first thing I do is kind of just react, um, you know, harshly in that manner and all that. So that makes a lot of sense with that. So, and I will say that, um, I did love the fact that you saw um, Kamala's mother acceptance by creating her outfit that she uses, which mm-hmm. I think was a great you know, yeah. way of showing that acceptance and kind of, you know, allowing Kamala to really embrace that at that point. And what I love about that part is going back to the comics. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but her original outfit was actually from a burkini that she had.
1: Oh yes, I did know that. I heard
0: about yes, that. Yeah. yeah, yes. And so I was, I was interested to see, like, you know, how they're going to incorporate that. But I love how they did it this way because, mm-hmm. just like we said, it has a lot to do with not just acceptance for, if I'm her mother and from her parents, but the fact that it was created in. In Pakistan, it was like a huge part of her identity now, just like, you know, in episode one, when the cosplay contest talking about you have to have like that little element of who you are to it. Now it's like that's her whole alpha is not just the bangle, but her whole representation is that identity of Kamala Khan, which I absolutely love.
1: And it's a good like callback to like how Maneva made the Hulk outfit in episode one yes. Kamala rejected it. but by making the captain like you know making a Miss Marvel outfit and she accepted it, it's just like it's literally the same actions, but different re- like different responses because you know, that disconnects. Right. So like it's just a great like parallel and position of like she made two outfits, One was loved, one was hated. So like I, you know it's just it's, <laughs> that growth was so amazing. And like, oh, yeah, she went from not trusting her to we trust her, don't we? And it's just very beautifully done.
0: Definitely. I agree. So mm-hmm. we we talked a little bit about the story development already in terms of Kamala's, um, her own self-discovery and identity and development and kind of, you know, embracing who she is and her family embracing her, who she is as well, too. And so I think that was a strong part of the story development. Um, I will say one of the things I thought was a little bit weaker from my end was that it seemed like um, we got a little didn't get enough of a story to kind of develop or get more of what's going on with some of the characters. So for example, um, you know, the, the clandestines, right. Mm -hmm. We barely got them in a couple of episodes, you know, they, they disappear um, or, or killed off or whatever happens to them in episode five. But, you know, we don't really know first of all, like why they came to this dimension and, you know, the whole background story of you know how aisha was part of them and 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 all that and i felt like it was still kind of at the shallow end and we don't even get to know like why you know clandestines or or who they are necessarily other than they're from the Nord dimension and then just as you said um it seemed like in this in the last episode then all of a sudden the, the department damage control ended up being like quote unquote the villain or at least the antagonist, at least in that regard. And it, I felt like it was kind of just all these little pieces that kind of got um, the short end of the stick a little bit, which doesn't bother me too much. I think it was just more of like a missed opportunity because again, it was more about, you know, Kamala's, you know, self-discovery and identity and, and kind of owning into that um, hero ship and all that. But I think, you know, especially with, I'm um, only having the clandestines for a few episodes and still not even knowing more about them or even the, um, the red dagger group, I forget their name, but like we only got them in like one and a half episode mm-hmm. and we just don't like, you know, they just knew who those people are and they're trying to stop it and all that, you know? So yeah, I felt like they were
1: simple.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so it wasn't a whole lot of depth to it, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I felt like it, it was something that, you know, we still don't know like who they are or, or anything like that. Maybe we'll get more information in later projects mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I know that was my biggest critique in terms of story development that I, I, I didn't know if, if you had those same critiques oh, or different insights. Okay.
1: Uh, 100%, 100%. I, so I try to be positive about the show and not like mm-hmm. think of anything negative because like I, I i also believe that like with the MCU series or any disney series that you should watch the whole project before you criticize because it probably didn't come together eventually because mm-hmm. they all end up kind of coming together eventually and they did mm. this, this one came together by the last episode but yeah up mm. until episode five i was like really confused at one point and i was really frustrated because like it's not even that like they just they just it was just so confusing and it was also a lot that was happening but there's like mm-hmm. no direction of it or understanding of it and like i i was okay with like them being introduced it definitely brought down like the vibes but like when they got into more details and explanation the more confused i got and the more like answers i needed mm-hmm. and um then they just kind of like ended their storyline <laughs> like just like that so um yeah i, I don't know I, I just i definitely uh, one of the Criticisms I have and the choices I want to ask them about is the clandestine storyline. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I understand that, like they they wanted some sort of antagonist for Aisha for her development, and like I know the Kamran is a villain in the actual comic book, so maybe that's why mm. like they they wanted to like set that up.
0: Right. But like
1: I wish I just I think they should have been simpler. Like with Red Daggers, they were just existing, you know, there to protect. If the clandestines were just like, I. I guess because they were trying to avoid the inhumans they just like you know yeah. they just <laughs> you know they had to be from a different dimension and be a little complicated um mm-hmm. and then they also like you know borderline on some questionable representation of for Muslims so it just it they did a lot in their small presence and then mm-hmm. they left and it was very confusing so I agree right. with, every, with everything you just said I completely agree with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm glad I'm not the only one. And, and that's one of the reasons why I like to talk to other people about the show because I'm like, mm-hmm. am I the only one who is, like, understanding this stuff and, and that's how I'm seeing it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. I was so confused the whole time. But I was like, I'm just going to not talk about it because it's just, I don't even know where to begin. And then it, it just, like, with the time travel and the bracelet, like, everyone was kind of, like, trying to figure it out. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. It just yeah, it was just a lot going on.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, and there's just a lot of – it's funny because especially with the MCU as a whole – you know, I think we're in this age where every little detail we're going to harp on and overanalyze, and I could just imagine like Kevin Feige would be like, "I didn't even think about that." So okay, <laughs> you yeah, know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so.
1: I, the fandom is definitely like I know it's because they love it, but the fandom mm-hmm. definitely just like focuses on everything, and I'm part of it too. So like,
0: oh yeah, I yeah. get it.
1: Yeah, like it's yeah. fun, but it's just um, I'm happy that they did so much with. Kamala that like she was connected to other like franchises like Shang-Chi with the 10 rings is where they found the bracelet there's a scroll arm there, mm-hmm. there's um obviously you know the marvel so like there's I'm happy that she, they're solidifying her presence in the MCU by putting in those strays at least
0: definitely yeah So let's um, talk a little bit about Bruno because I know you and I actually both said that we really want to talk about Bruno in the show. And so I want to kick that over to you and give you the opportunity to talk about what was it about Bruno that you really enjoyed in the show?
1: Um, So I I actually just found out recently that he's very different from the comics than he was in the show. Okay. So, um, yeah, I I didn't know that. But I just love that Bruno was, like, used, like, in a – because – I love um, noticing patterns and sitcom tropes. He just was Mm -hmm. used as a complete subversion of every single trope that usually exists when it comes to a character of a different race, nationality or religion and Mm -hmm. done so well, because the the thing with the whole having a white character there in a, like a, a predominantly um, BIPOC setting is that they end up being the exposition character. They end Mm -hmm. up being the one that says, what is that? What does that mean? Like anytime someone uses a different language, brings up a tradition, brings up history, they're the ones that ask the question so that the audience can hear it. And it can get a little stereotypical and they can go for like, you know, some low punches, humor, but they didn't do any of it. They didn't do any of that. Like they like completely avoided doing all of it made him like a complete subversion to what the token white character would be mm. made him a great ally in the process who's educated and supportive and respectful and it was there existed, and it was just like see like it, yeah. it happened <laughs> um, it was you know and it's it's really awesome like i know that the discourse has been about like oh should she date bruno or like you know the other um males that are in her life but like i just love the fact that bruno is there in the show like it's a great friendship, one of the healthiest like relationships we see in the MCU with a boy and a girl. And mm-hmm. he's just a very, very well-developed character and very um, good character for the MCU, I believe.
0: Right. I agree. Yeah. And I have to go back and reread the comics because I can't remember how different um, Bruno was. I don't know if I ever actually got to a point where I saw uh, Camron in the comics as well, too. But I, I agree with you completely in terms of how they use Bruno um, to to really, for me, it's it's um, it was an opportunity for them to show, um, you know. At- He's an aspirational character, right? Just like you said, like instead of being the person that's asking, you know, all these questions as a way to, you know, explain all these things, he's the person that because he's Kamal's best friend has been like the childhood friend and stuff like that. He's been immersed in their world and knows everything. Like just the fact that he created that little Alexa-like device that not only does it understand English, but um, I believe it was programmed in in Urdu, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. right? And so the fact Mm -hmm. that he thought about those things, um, I love the fact that they have Bruno as the white male who is an aspirational in terms of this is how we would love for people to be able to interact with cultures that are different from themselves instead of being the person that, um, you know, you have you haven't explained everything to them, that they're the ones that already, you know, know this stuff and they're, you know, kind of immersed in, and look and research this on their own and, and been part of that experience. I love the fact that just like we said, he was able to explain things to, I think even, um, I forget who it was. It, it may have been Miguel, but I think there's a couple of times mm-hmm. that he talked to Kamran, not necessarily about, um, you know, um, Pakistani or, or Islam things, but I think there was a couple of things that he knew about Kamala's um, um, background that he, you know, explained to her as well, uh, explained to him as well too. But the fact that he was part of the wedding and that he, you know, had that, um, you know, that, Traditional,
1: solo.
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, though, I mean, just I think he was just a very aspirational character that I think is is definitely a commentary about how we would love to see people instead of pushing away saying like, I can't understand this because this is not my culture, but to try to embrace it and definitely like learn and try to be, um, you know, more cognizant of the fact that there are different cultures that we want to, you know, embrace embrace you know not necessarily like saying like you have to be Muslim or you have to be Pakistani right but just more of you know embracing it as this is a culture out there that we should be you know accepting and, and aware of and know of these things especially that is part of uh, Kamala's identity and stuff like that so I love Bruno on that character and that it definitely sets as a role model of like how we can really engage in different cultures with not just in MCU but in the real world as well too
1: I really love that you brought up the fact that like with the whole commentary of, like, oh, I can't relate to this, so this is not for me. Here's Bruno just relating in it. Like, it's right. a very good commentary on how the discourse has been, so I really love that you brought that back, because, like, it's very... I didn't even think about that. Like, it's, it's very much the, um, a counterpoint to all of their arguments about the show. Um, mm-hmm. I really... I also really just love the fact that, like, he also just is... a. They're really good friends, and, like, they can be good friends outside of it. Like, I feel like whenever someone has an identity that's outside of the expectation or the westernized um western media, you know, favorite. It becomes mm-hmm. like their whole identity. It's like their basis of the friendship. It's like their conflict. But your Kamala Khan is like, you know, dealing with her own identity, trying to figure it out herself, but it doesn't affect her relationship with Bruno. Like being Muslim and like, you know, South Asian is not like a problem for them. Like he can come to eat. he can come to the wedding. Like he but then they can also like geek out about um AvengerCon. So like a, mm-hmm. it shows that like, you know, we can still have a lot in common, but like that, you know, that is just one part. Like, it, yeah, you, it's, it requires like some empathy and like understanding, but like it doesn't mean that uh, the whole person is completely different. You can't connect to them. So like it just right. shows like the layers and um, dynamic relationships can exist. And especially with teenagers, it's pretty impressive that they show that.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, well, and and what you said remind me of how I forget who made this video, but somebody made a really good point about um, you know when people say like oh you know it's it's um, about a, a Jersey girl who's Pakistani and I like I can't really relate to them, but then they'll say oh but I love Iron Man because I can relate to him being a billionaire that's a genius Ooh. that makes all this technology and and yada yada you know and so I think that's one of those things that um, yeah I you know. Definitely, when they create these shows and they create these stories, it's definitely always going to be a commentary or discourse about what we're seeing in the world around us. And that's not bringing politics into it. That's something that the comics has always done in that it looks at the world around us and then provides commentary on what's going on. And it's always been something that's part of it. And I think this show has just done a great job of not only bring that to the forefront, but also, you know, I love the fact that we kind of got a history lesson for those who don't know Mm. what the partition was about. Like, I'll be honest, I think I may have heard partition before, but completely (laughs) forgot about, like I knew about the conflict and when the British, you know, left, india they just kind of you know didn't really help the situation at all just by like yeah. leaving and and not making this transition they just got up and, and out one day but i i completely forgot i was called the petition but i think it was, i love the fact that um you know we got that little bit of um you know learning about the world around us in the shows without it being a um just like a documentary or just a random story that they're telling because that all had to play into the character of Kamala and her family and their identity. But, um, again, it's something that we get to learn about the world around us. And that's something that, you know, comics has always been doing. I love that shows have been doing that. You know, we got that with Falcon, the winter soldier, with their commentary yeah. about racism in the world. Um, Hawkeye with, you know, with the family, but also, um, excuse me, sorry. Um, you know, um, disabilities with hearing loss and deaf, and, um, and traumatic experiences with Clint Barton, stuff like that. So we see those things play out in a lot of the shows. And I think they're going to continue to do that as well too. So.
1: Exactly. It's like a running theme, not a running theme in the MCU and Marvel that like there's trauma, but it just, it just shows that like every, every group goes through something Mm -hmm. and like we can understand each other's, like maybe we didn't have the exact same experiences, but the empathy and understanding of what it's like to have that suffering is universal. Mm-hmm. So like, not, I mean, even if it was taught in history, I don't think it could have ever like expanded on how the after effects of partition affected the people. And the show was able to do that. And mm. I made a video about this too. Like I don't want it. I'm, I'm happy that it wasn't told from like, you know, the British perspective. I'm happy we got to tell it because Bye. It's not only the events of the actual happenings and like the stuff leading up to it and during it terrifying and horrible, but it's just it just has always changed. It's changed us forever. Like the Pakistani people are very much shaped by it. Um, my parents mm-hmm. are and therefore I am, too, because of it so, like, in a way that I don't understand. So like we don't talk about it. So it's just like the weird thing about it's not just the history. It's also like the effect of it. And I'm really happy that they could show the effect of like colonization because Mm -hmm. it's something that existed, you know, universally and affected a lot of people. And it has residual, like, you know, after effects that a lot of people do with. So like, I'm, we would never be able to hear that in a history class. So um, it's incredible that the MCU could like bring up a platform for us to start discussing it because it is something that still affects us. And I like, you know, I definitely have seen it and been conditioned to it. So it's so mm-hmm. amazing that like this is the conversation I'm having on TikTok now is the effects of colonization.
0: Oh yeah, so. yeah, definitely, yeah. Well, and. Again, I think that's one of the powerful things about the show is that in um, all their shows is that they're able to bring the conversation to the forefront for people to really talk about on social media, things like that. Like I know every time they drop a show and they start talking about these topics, like that's what we start discussing is not just the things that happen in there, but also the real world situations. that has been happening as well, too. So, yeah. um Let's let's talk a little bit about Kamala's relationship with her family because um, I, I know we both have a lot of things to say. Because we talked about how um, you know not only do you identify with uh, Kamala a lot, but we talked about um, our own personal connection with uh, Catholicism because I was raised uh, Catholic and you went to a Catholic school, and so mm-hmm. I know for me, um, what was really funny is I I saw my mom, my own mother um, in some of these scenes with Kamala's mother, especially in the scene where they're. Um, celebrating Id, and um, Kamala's mom was, I forget who she was talking to, but she was like, Oh, you look great, or whatever. And they're like, Oh, no, this looks like, uh, I think it was like yeah, a different yeah. color. Yeah yeah. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And she's like, I, No, no, it's not. I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, Ignore it. Like, it's kind of like my own mother, because she'll do that where she's like, Oh, this looks great. And then you point out some of these things. And she's like, No, no, they're like that's, you know, kind of, yeah. um, you know, dismissive with that. But I thought it was really interesting um, to see the developments with Kamal with both her mother and her father because they're very two mm-hmm. different kinds of relationship and we see a lot with Kamala and her mother um, but I love the relationship with her father as well too because it is a very different he's more of a you know um, charismatic and comical kind of person but mm-hmm. he has those heartfelt moments with his daughter especially in the final episode um, talking about like how they got her name and things like that, that I love how they show the different kinds of relationship That's not just one like linear relationship with both of them but they're both very different but very meaningful in their own way as well too
1: yeah I definitely have a my father is also really very much like and so my mother is exactly like Maniba and my <laughs> father is exactly like Yusuf so like um, that whole like very eager very like earnest like trying understanding and wanting to be there and mm-hmm. like raise his daughter's like you know um, voice um, the way he knows how is just like such an energy that comes with like um I, I think it's like the whole daughter on um, father, daughter, like South Asian immigrant, like relationship. Um, right. Because there's definitely a, like a South Asian um, mother, daughter relationship dynamic that like I've seen, like it's a pattern that I've seen come up a lot. It's this um, something that I've been like wanting to study in psychiatry later in my life, but mm-hmm. it's just very interesting how like we all have a very similar um, relationships and the, I, someone brought this up that everything about the show felt authentic and I felt like their relationship with her family her parents especially was one of the most authentic things about it because like it wasn't like forced for feels it was just there like everything mm-hmm. Yusuf was saying at the end was just so it just was like it just made sense like it was like something like they would actually talk about like him telling her about her name and then that would give her her name like it's just it was so real and, and like palpable for that um, type of chemistry that they had. So it's amazing how they were able to like, like completely, um, you know, check that off completely.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's just really interesting and in how, you know, we were talking about earlier, how there's, you know, people who feel like, You know, they can't really, you know, watch it because of um, the identity piece of it, you know, which I always feel like that's, you know, total BS anyways, because Mm -hmm. how many times have we watched something that's, you know, different cultures we actually enjoyed it and everything. So I always feel like that's kind of a barrier. But the fact that just like you said, you know, some of these relationships, yes, are cultural, but some of the things that comes through is also universal in terms Mm -hmm. of those interactions and in terms of those, you know, heartfelt moments with those people parents, even like ones who might seem distant or might not be as close or as intense um, because Kamala and and her mother's relationship is is intense, you know. But mm-hmm. at, by the end of it, again, like she, you know, they're like great, and it's still kind of intense. And and mm-hmm. her relationship with her father, it wasn't ever that intense, but just more of like kind of a um almost like that steady rock metaphor that they say, where mm-hmm. you know he's he's always kind of there when he's needed, and and otherwise he just likes to have fun and all that, right? Yeah. It balances
1: the mother relationship because it's like one is intense, the other yes. one like out, like you know balance. Out like it's just like how they are so maybe that's what it is yeah yeah definitely so well like they they just balance each other out one has to be extreme like the bat like the good cop bad cop but you know good ex- very um involved parent and very like
0: laid back parent basically right so. oh yeah Well, and I, I love that scene where they're when she was asking them you know she wants to go to AvengerCon and he was like it's not that we don't trust you and the mother's like no I don't trust you <laughs> Like yeah, having yeah. that you know yeah. sort of disagreement and stuff like that I, I find it really comical because that was just kind of the epitome of like what the relationship is like uh, where the mother is very straightforward in that regard uh, but mm-hmm. you know just like you said like obviously there's some other underlying things with that but she was just you know more no nonsense but again at the there is something happening underneath it that you know we when you go back and watch it again because I think you made a video about this I I watch it as it came out and got released but then I started watching it again so that way my wife could watch it because she likes to see it uh, watch it all in one setting but like watching it for the second time back to back after already seeing once like I caught things that I didn't pick up and I remember watching that um, scene again in the context of what happens by the end of the show, it was just like, Oh, that was actually really a lot more telling than what we, mm-hmm. you know, really give it credit for. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and like, I know that like, it seems like, um, there are also just signs of the love aspect being there. Cause uh, I think it's like episode three, the wedding episode when Kama like gets hit by the drone and she's like, I see her knee and her mom like mm-hmm. comes in and just like, Oh my God, what happened? Like usually, um, you know, because of studies as well. Like a abusive parent or one that would not be healthy would be like, What did you do? It's your fault, and like make it into a altercation. But like Maniva Auntie was just concerned and worried and wanted to help her daughter right away, didn't ask mm. her any questions. So like, you know, like when push comes to shove, she will have her daughter's back. Even the first right. episode, whenever she failed her driver's exam, she had <laughs> she was still like she was cussing out the um driver's um yeah. instructor. So like she <laughs> There's a, That mama bear, like, um, protectiveness and, like, nurturing self is there. It's just that it's layers of, you know, <laughs> skepticism, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I also want to point out her brother was really great. Like, I really yes. loved her brother's role. Like, he was, it was minimal, but it was, like, present. And it, it mm-hmm. was great. I ho- hope we get to see him more. But I really liked her relationship with her brother as well. Oh, yeah, And definitely. Taisha as well.
0: Yes. Honestly, all, all those characters and, and um, her family and her cousins and stuff like that were fantastic. Um, I, I agree that her brother plays like a really, you know, silent but crucial role. Uh, because he was the one that, you know, talked to the, to her parents about letting her go to AvengerCon. And, and, you know, he had his own like stuff that he was worrying about with the wedding. And you find out that he's worried about, you know, supporting the family with only having like $70 in his bank account, stuff like that. So you see that even though he has his own worries, he's still going to help his little sister. You know, whatever the cost, which reminds me, and I want to talk about this very briefly before we go to our last topic, but um, going back to story development, I will say I found it very odd and it's, it's comical. I found it very odd that in the very last episode, Zoe and and her brother oh, shows gosh. up at the school, especially when her brother is like, yeah, they, they knew you were going to be here, so they sent me over there. I'm like, as a parent, I would not send another kid over to help. Yeah, but, yeah it's the
1: brother <laughs> dynamic. It's the yeah. brother dynamic. The brother was like, especially that whole like older brother dynamic, he could basically... He's he's basically Captain America to that. So like he could have <laughs> right. taken care of it. Zoe yeah. was... Zoe was a little like, you know, um, so sort of a surprise. Um, I like how yeah. they said she was shooting TikToks Toks and the school and just happened to be there. Definitely yeah. some like, <laughs> um, <laughs> there, definitely like, you know, some story building could have been done, but they were yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. They are part of it. Um, Zoe ended up being a bigger part of it. Um, which is good. I, there was just like, there, I mean, there was some stuff that I wish they could have been more seamless about with the, the storyline. Mm -hmm. And that's one of it, but at the same time, I really liked their like home alone style like fight scene with against damage uh, control. Whenever they're like trying to like dupe them into who Gamron was, and they had like that whole like obstacle course. So I really love that part. So I was like, okay, I'm alright with this now.
0: Right? Yeah. All right. So our last topic is um, pretty much talking about the change of the power origins for uh, Miss Marvel and just the finale overall with the endings and the mid and post credit scene and stuff like that. Um, I know you said you wanted to talk specifically about the origin change. And so I want to, or maybe not. I
1: mean, (laughs) after the finale, I actually, I don't know. We can talk, definitely talk about like where it's going to go to the finale. We can talk about any of it because there's a lot that happened in the finale that was good and, so like right. there's, there's so much that happened in the finale that like we discuss. discuss. Oh the yeah. Features, yeah.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I think for me, it was more talking about where the MCU is heading mm-hmm, now that we exactly. see like what's happening. So obviously in the mid credit scene, there was the uh, comment about how Kamala was actually probably a mutant. And you he hear like the little X-Men mm-hmm. theme play at the background of it. And then at the very end, we see that they switch, um, that uh, Kamala transported it to wherever Miss Marvel or where Captain Marvel's at and Captain Marvel came back and all that. Um, so I think it's really interesting because it's setting up the future of the MCU, uh, not just the Marvels that's coming out next year, but also this is the first time in the MCU that we get the word mutant, I think, because I think not mm-hmm. even in Dr. Strange: Multiverse of Madness did they say mutant. Like we got Professor X and so we know that it's mutant, but this is the first time in the Earth proper of the MCU universe that we get the word mutant and probably setting that up for the future of the MCU with the X-Men and, and how are they introduced that as well too.
1: I've like seen a video because you know how the fandom is that the same soundbite that like you know plays for like three seconds was the same soundbite when Xavier made his entrance. Right. In Zark Strange. So like that's the connection basically. <laughs> like that little yeah. soundbite is how we know. Um Yep. Yeah, they just threw that in there, like, and yeah. um, I'm surprised that they did it. I'm happy they did because it it's like, yes, you know, I love X Men, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. What, like, I feel like they're just doing it to, like, set up the fact that there are mutants in the MCU, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: they they have it there to build off of, or, not. I don't know. It, it, it's wild that they just did that too. Like, it's
0: yeah, it was what?
1: really unexpected.
0: And, and what I was seeing from other people posting on social media, I think they said that, you know, originally, um, the whole history of it was when they made Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel in the comics, um, they made her in humans because mm-hmm. of the fact that they wanted to do, um, some properties that are like mutant-like, um, but they didn't because have.
1: Yeah, they didn't have the X-Men title or like they they lost the rights to it. So
0: Right. Yeah, because Fox had mm-hmm. the rights to the you know, mm-hmm. X-Men properties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so that was mm-hmm. one of the reasons why they did that. So I think there's been conversations about, you know, that's one of the reasons why they did that is they wanted to kind of bring that back into having Kamala be a mutant, which was their mm-hmm. original intention to begin with anyways um, for that. So I, I know some people I don't know like why people are getting upset by that like I, 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 it's probably because people had expectations on how they're going to introduce it but for me it's just like you know this is just the first time we're getting introduced to it doesn't mean that you know Kamal is going to be like the leader of the X-Men now or anything like that but I think um, you know these are just little bites like what you said that uh, Kevin Feige is slowly introducing X-Men so that way we're getting ready for it but what I find really interesting with this whole thing as well too is that part of the thing that is making it tie in together is that sound bite, Like we said, that little three second musical note that's from the cartoon show that yeah, has been so it iconic.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it was
0: a nineties one. And I think, again, I think that was a Fox property. So it wasn't even something mm-hmm. that Marvel, I don't think was working on at the time. I could really. be wrong about that, but it's just, uh, um, just that little sound bite is like now the, you know, the little audio cue for, you know, here's a mutant or something like that. So, Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's
1: funny because, like, um, so I asked the question what happened with the Inhuman storyline, and I've never been mm-hmm. stitched with so many three-minute um, – I asked, like, on my um, like TikTok account, like, um, what happened with it in general, and I got so many stitches of three-minute videos, like, three-minute explanations of, like, going <laughs> into detail about all the Inhuman stuff. So there's a long-winded history. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's you know, I, I think I, there's a lot of feelings associated with, like, should there be Inhumans? Shouldn't there be Inhumans? So I, I just like decided like okay, I'm gonna check out this one and right. she's gonna be announced so um mm-hmm. it was it was interesting that they just did that like it's like it's there yeah <laughs> you know for us to you know deal with um and mm-hmm. then like I really liked the fact that they had Carol and her switch because now like they're setting up this idea that she's in space somewhere for the Marvels yeah so like <laughs> I like I'm so excited about this property because I'm like, oh my God, she's in space they are gonna find her like I can't wait like yeah
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah it, it's it looks like they're you know have some great plans for that movie coming out and mm-hmm. and they've you know already thought through it, and it sounds like they have a lot of people that are going to be coming back into the movie that we've been wanting to see come back as well too, so yeah, i'm very mm-hmm. excited about that, so um well, that is it for our review so before I let you go, Marie, I want to say thank you very much for coming on to the show and giving you insight. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. I love talking to other you know fans about anything that's Marvel or comic book show related things like that and you have such great insight that you made me you know looking through Miss Marvel and with a different lens a little bit as well too with this uh, review so thank you very much before I let you go can you um, tell our listeners where they can find you at online if they want to see your TikTok or you know connect with you on social media or anything like that
1: of course Um, thank you so much for saying all that I really appreciate you just like hearing me um, so you can find me mostly on TikTok under the name call me by the same Maria I actually just made an Instagram for, you know, my, um, content. So like slowly expanding and working on things, but TikTok is the best way to like contact me and see my, um, any of my content and especially the Miss Marvel content, because that is Mm -hmm. where it all is. And yeah. Um, follow me uh i do tv and other fandom stuff as well but right now mm-hmm. i'm very much focused on miss marvel because there's a lot that i still want to i'm gonna never stop talking about the show so i really appreciate right. you letting me talk for an hour straight about it still
0: oh definitely and you're welcome back anytime i really appreciate and have a lot of fun talking with you so thank you yeah. very much
1: yeah I know. this was really good
0: oh good yeah and i'll make sure to link uh your tiktok and instagram account to the show notes underneath here as well too so uh, and that wraps up another review episode of The Capsule Life. We hope that you enjoyed listening. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on whatever major podcast platform you're listening to us on. You can also follow us on social media under the username at Caption Life. If you like what we're doing, give us a shout-out. Tag us in your post. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsulelife.com. The